Welcome to the Creek Default Podcast, where we discuss the latest news, laws, and trends affecting your industry. Welcome back to the Creek Default Podcast. I'm your host, George Lepinotis. I'm joined today by one of my colleagues, Matt Brannick. Matt, thanks for being with us. Great to be here, George. Thanks so much. Matt, we are talking about a very interesting subject here today, you and I. And I think it's a subject that our listeners, whoever they might be, have some experience with in life, and that is signage. Yes. Uh, you know, it. <laughs> I think about this topic now, having done a couple of these cases, you know, drive down the highway, drive down the road, see signs, and automatically start to think about the ramifications from a constitutional standpoint of you know <laughs> that each particular Wendy's billboard you see or, yeah. or anything like that. That wasn't probably the intent of those that constructed them and approved them. But uh, before we get there, why don't you give us just a quick biography of yourself? You're, uh, you're an attorney here at Creek DeVault. I am. I'm a, I'm a staff attorney, I guess, which means I'm an attorney who is on the staff of Creed of All. Well, we're That's, glad to have you on yeah, staff, yeah. It's a, as opposed to a non-staff attorney, which right. I don't know what that is, so I'm glad you're on staff. But what is your practice area specifically? So I, I've been in litigation since uh, since I came out of law school in 2005. A um, couple of different specific areas. I've done a, a fair amount of government and municipal litigation. I used to be um, a deputy attorney general at the attorney general's office here in Indiana, so a decent chunk of my practice is focused on civil litigation there you um, go. Yeah. with a focus in brief writing. Okay. And municipal law, government law is often a big part of your practice. It does end up being that way, yeah. And so this brings us to the sign question. I think for those of our unsophisticated viewers or viewers who have not given a whole lot of thought to signs in their world, we see them on the highway, we see them next to businesses or sometimes on the buildings where businesses are located. Um, start with the basics. These signs need governmental approval before they can go up. Typically, yes. Um, you know, mo- most towns, cities, municipalities in the United States and beyond have some form of sign code or sign ordinance what we see more and more is that they are sort of a unified, comprehensive set of zoning regulations, um, building codes, use, very, you know, everything that would go into a sophisticated municipality's ordinances. That's that's where this would typically be be contained. Um, <laughs> we are seeing more and more of, of sign regulation, which, of course, leads to pitfalls about constitutionality. Right. Um, and th- this has been a, a pretty contentious area of litigation for probably over 100 years in Supreme Court jurisprudence. It, it is a busy and hotly contested area. It, you can see the tensions, and, and it, they make sense. I mean, on the one hand, we're talking about free speech, which is a, 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 it is the First Amendment. This is this is why we're Americans, and we live in a, a society governed by a constitution. We have free speech. In a way, it's it's the town square. Uh, this is where ideas are discussed, and this is where um, messages are conveyed, often on a sign, uh, just at a very basic level. Sure. Yeah. 
on the flip side of that, there are interests um, that municipalities and, and towns and cities have in trying to regulate aspects of the signs that could cause visual clutter, um, uh, cause safety issues. I mean, imagine if you were driving down I-94 in, uh, in northern Indiana and there was a billboard every 10 feet. Um, it would be, you're already on one of the busiest highways in, in the Midwest, and, and now there is words and verbiage everywhere the eye can see. Sure. Um, so th- there is an interest in cities in maintaining safety and also in um, preserving their aesthetics because cities are trying to attract people to live there. And, um, you know, there is a view that, that signs can clutter the landscape. Right. So let's talk about that, that sign cluttering the landscape and where the municipality comes in, because I agree with you. I think most people believe that a sign is a fundamental right, yes, that you should be able to put up a sign that tells people your opinions, your thoughts, your promotions, your business, what you hope to convey. Um, It's not that simple. Many municipalities have restrictive sign ordinances, not only on the big billboards, but even temporary signage or smaller signs. Um, do those vary? I mean, is it, you know, we off, I often say there are three layers of law, right? Local, state, and federal. Um, and local can sometimes be multiple locations, right? Your county, your city, your township, wherever you might live might be a set of rules within another set of rules, within the state rules, within the federal rules. Um, how does it work with these signs? Is there a federal sign regulation there there is and there isn't most of i i like to think of this in terms of um, police jurisdiction you know you you have the detective movie where you know there's a crime scene and you've got the state police fighting over jurisdiction with the town police and the county sheriff and the the federal government has the right to regulate signs on government property and in interstate systems and and that type of um, federal land. Where you see the most contentious sign regulation is at the the municipality level. So that that would be your towns and your cities and whatnot, because they're the ones that actually have the most land and the zoning codes um, that are going to be regulated. The state can, the state has that ability as well. Um, think about the Indiana Department of Transportation and about all of the right-of-ways and, and median land that exists that is state of Indiana land. That's where the state, the state's interest in signage comes in. But most of the time we're talking about cities and towns. All right. But today you're actually, you come armed with what those of us in the legal profession consider to be your best ammunition, and that is a Supreme Court decision, United States Supreme Court decision. There are state Supreme Courts, but this particular decision is from the United States Supreme Court, and it is a, uh, it is where the court, what? What did they consider exactly? The case um, in particular I'm talking about here is, is City of Austin. It, this was a Supreme Court decision that came down, uh, I think it was last month, and it, you know, it was dealt with the city of Austin, Texas, had a sign ordinance 
much like a lot of cities and towns do. And the difficult part for, for cities in this arena of, of legislation is how do we strike the balance between allowing citizens and landowners to put signage and communicative um, devices on their land. They want to put a sign up, uh, but preserving visual clutter. That's you know, what we talked about a few minutes ago. City of Austin chose to do this in a way that has traditionally been pretty common, which is to, it's called the off-premises, on-premises sign delineation, for lack of a better word. So what does that mean? Well, an on-premises sign is, I, I own a business, I own ABC Company, let's say, and I have a building and on the land that I own, where my building is is situated, I put a sign that says ABC Company on it. Okay. That's an on-premises sign. All right. It's telling people that the lemonade stand is right here. Okay. <laughs> An off-premises sign is where I say, okay, ABC Company, three miles down the road, exit 22, come visit us. All right. It's telling you where the lemonade stand is that you're about to encounter. And by the way, we sell widgets or lemonade here. Um, so typically what you'll see, and, and this is what happened in city of Austin, you had a, a sign regulation that said you can't put on off-premises billboards in this particular area of the city. Um, and what, what is that really getting to? Well, it's getting to billboards that advertise. Um, but it's also getting to billboards that's, that are informational. It's not even just, I'm trying to sell you a product or trying to get you into my store, which is three miles down the road. It's just any sign that advertises an event, a church, a political event, uh, an attraction, anything that's not located on that particular piece of land is considered an off-premises sign, and those are banned uh, according to the city of Austin. So when we say the city of Austin, we're talking about Austin, Texas, Yep. and Austin, Texas is a mid-sized city, bigger than a small town, but not a a metropolis, Uh, and they had a particular ordinance that said, okay, you can have a... So a different set of regulations for those, and, and when you say on-premise, in my mind, I'm envisioning the car dealer who's got a big billboard advertising uh, Chevy Malibu's nineteen nine ninety five. Right. Right. And as long as it's on the Chevy dealer's dealership land, that's an on-premises sign, and the city of Austin would say that's fine. Well, that, that was governed... Was it that was fine, or was it that it was governed by a certain, by a different set of regulations that the um, off-premises sign was? That's fair, because in in City of Austin's sign code, there would have been, and, and again, I haven't I haven't read their sign code, but there there would be things like called time, place, and manner restrictions. Okay. Um, that's that's constitutional speak, First Amendment speak for regulating the size of the sign. You know, you can't you can't have a sign that's larger than fifty square feet. And you can have anything under that. 
Um, it might say you can't have something in this particular interstate corridor because we want to make sure that that interstate corridor is free from visual clutter. Okay. So that's time, place, and manner okay, but, restrictions. So if I own a piece of property on that interstate corridor and my business is located five miles down the road and I want to get people to make that exit to come to my car dealer, and um, right where I own that piece of property is also another car dealer who owns a piece of property next to mine but his car dealership is actually located on that piece of property, right? Right. Are you saying that in the city of Austin, the car dealer with the land and his um, his actual dealership there would have different rights than the car dealer who was just using the land to advertise the dealership five miles down the road? Yeah, and that's the problem. That's That's where you start getting into the parsing of constitutional law. And it, is it fair for... A, a city to to make that distinction. City of Austin, and and frankly, other many other cities over over the past decades have have done this on premises, off premises. The problem, um, as you said, is okay if if I want to put my sign in a place that's not my where my place of business is or or where my event is. Um, city of Austin would say no. But over the years, those signs, um, off-premises, on-premises distinctions have been upheld. Those were okay as long as they didn't um, distinguish whether it was an off-premises or off-premises sign based on the message. Right, because what you're describing to me sounds... Time, place, manner, right? It sounds temporal. It sounds like about geography. Yes, I get a sign at my dealership. I don't get one five miles down the road. Well, the guy that's five miles down the road and his dealership's over there, he gets one there, but he doesn't get one somewhere else. That's right. So it seems like the rules are fairly applied. What's the problem? Right. Well, the, the problem is if if you start getting into a city official having to read the content of the sign in order to make a decision about whether that sign is conforming to the particular restriction in the sign code. When would that happen? Uh, A good example would be a ban on political signs, signs that are of a religious nature. See, now if I'm the city official and the sign code says uh, political signs are not permitted in the city of Austin. Their sign code didn't say that, but let's just say hypothetically it did. Now the city official has to look at the sign and let's say the sign says, Jesus saves. I think we'd all agree that's a religious themed message, but the city official doesn't know that that's a religious themed message unless he or she reads the words of the sign. And there is a Supreme Court decision that came down I'm, I'm five or six years ago, I think it was called Reed. And Reed was sort of a landmark decision in this area of constitutional law because the Reed court said if a city official has to read the sign, mm-hmm. read R E E D, not R E A D, but if the city official has to read the sign, then it's automatically content based which means the distinction the city is drawing is based on the message or the viewpoint 
or the speaker, that's where you start getting into constitutional trouble. All right. So in the city of Austin, by the time the city of Austin comes around to the Supreme Court, we have uh, a decision from the Supreme Court that says uh, if you have to read the content of the sign to make a decision on whether it's permissible, you are violating someone's First Amendment rights, which makes sense. Yeah. However, we also have these municipalities that have these restrictions on time, place, manner of where a sign can go, which is also understandable, right? I mean, I don't think you'd want to pollute, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to take uh, the, the circle here in downtown Indianapolis and have 100 billboards on it. So, okay, so we've got these two distinct legal regimes. Do they collide in Austin? Is that what makes Austin a unique case? Yeah, I, I think what, what was significant about City of Austin was that the on-premises, off-premises ban really came under the microscope in the context of that previous Supreme Court decision in Reed. So if Reed said, if you got to read the sign, then that's going to subject your regulation to a higher level of scrutiny. So constitutional questions are all about what level of scrutiny are we going to look at apply to this particular regulation. Reed said, if you if your city official has to read the sign, then we're going to subject that to the highest level, the highest test we can, which is called strict scrutiny. Very few regulations survive under a strict scrutiny standard because it's the strictest, right? Sure, yeah. Well, in city of Austin, and we apply strict scrutiny because it's freedom of speech. It's freedom of speech. Yeah. That's, I mean, there isn't a right that is really more sacred as Americans. Sure. So, but there is, there are lesser levels of scrutiny, um, and up until Reed, the on-premises, off-premises bans throughout the United States had largely been subjected to a middle level of scrutiny that was not as strict. And so those regulations typically survived, not always, but typically survived. When Reed came down, the on-premises, off-premises bans became somewhat problematic now because in order to tell, and, and let's go back to our, our car dealership example. Sure. In order to tell if my car dealership's sign is on my property or not, Arguably, the city official has to read the sign because if it says Matt Brannick Motors and then the city official has to read that and then look at where my car dealership is, we're inching closer. That's very nuanced. Yeah, it's very nuanced. Aren't we inching a little bit closer to the city official having to read the sign? The Supreme Court in the city of Austin faced with this question of on-premises, off-premises bans and whether they're constitutional, they said, wait a minute, we went too far in Reed, and Reed was not intended to cover situations like an on-premises, off-premises ban. So even though a city official has to look and see the words on the sign he or she doesn't have to interpret what they mean. It's really just an assessment of location. And that's really what Reed, what, excuse me, what City of Austin was about. And so this, this is a clarification of Reed, City of Austin is, because, 
because now on-premises, off-premises bans, as long as they don't have other stuff in them, other problematic, no political signs, that, sure. that stuff. Yeah. But just on the location, you're not saying that I'm restricting free speech because I actually had to look at the language of your sign to see if you're advertising for that location. Correct. All right. Fair enough. Correct. All right. So as a municipal planner, and we're, 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 we're just about out of time here, um, as a municipal planner, uh, do you recommend that post-Austin that a municipality look at its sign ordinance, even if it's not embroiled in any controversy? Absolutely. This is, this is a, a really difficult set of pitfalls for municipalities. And this, frankly, the simplest way to make sure that, that a city or town is not running afoul is, is just to stick to those time, place, and manner restrictions. Right. That's an overly simplistic way of looking at it, but when you're regulating the size of the sign or where they can be placed right. or when they can be placed, um, that's, those are typically upheld. Um, those are subject to less scrutiny, and the, the visual clutter and aesthetics, maintaining aesthetics and promoting safety, those are routinely held, are, um, are, are held to be legitimate state interests. Right. You're not limiting free speech. You're just limiting where it can happen. That's right. right? That's right. Or, okay. or, or in what manner. In what manner. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, um, for those of our listeners who are intrigued, as quite honestly I am, I never realized that signs were quite so nuanced, but uh, that is a place where... Um, government and its citizens interact regularly. Um, I'm sure they can find more information on our website. Uh, our, our, not only our uh, municipal law practice group, your webs- your bio on our site, uh, always um, available and, and easy for somebody to find at creekdevault.com. Uh, Matt, thanks for being with us. I think, um, you know, it's a sign that uh, <laughs> you always need a good attorney and knowing how to navigate these issues both for a municipality and those acting within the municipality uh, is important. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. Have a a great afternoon. And to our listeners, appreciate you logging in again and listening to the Creek Devault podcast. Hope to hear you soon.